0: 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 10, say this, Paul said, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seemeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I have the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Let's pray again, please. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we just uh, uh, thank you for being a good and merciful and gracious God. Lord, we thank you for these opportunities uh, that you're giving people to witness. Lord, again, we thank you Jennifer and Chris. We thank you these that Lester just mentioned. Lord, thank you for these divine appointments uh, that you're making for people. And if we'll just go out, if we'll just seek to engage people, Lord, you'll provide the opportunities. So, Lord, help us to be uh, sensitive as we go out. Uh, to those around us. Lord, uh, even uh, not just when we're out, but as uh, Brother Joseph mentioned, and, and, and talking and trying to teach his own son, and Lord, how you use that moment to remind him, uh, uh, dear God, how faithful you are. And uh, thank you for watching over Brother Thomas as he was in the hospital, and uh, Lord, just continue to heal him and help him uh, where, and touch his body where it's needed, we pray. And uh, Lord, uh, we just thank you, Lord, as the song said, we need Thee. Lord, we need Thee every hour. We're dependent upon Thee. Without You, we can do nothing. Uh, Dear God, our next breath, our next heartbeat, our next footstep Uh, Dear God, and uh, Lord, uh, we're dependent upon you, and Lord, help us to live in the consciousness and uh, reality of that. And again, I thank you for those that are faithful to be here tonight, those that are faithful to listen. Lord, you know the needs of people's hearts. You know the needs of people's homes. Lord, in every every area of their life, God, we ask you to work, and Lord, encourage us uh, through your word tonight, uh, dear God. And uh, Lord, we just want to praise you and worship you, uh, dear God, simply for who you are, and uh, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs> you know, I got, uh, I told you I went by and mentioned and, and visited uh, Sister Creft today. Boy, you know, I saw her laying there and I just, you know, just, uh, you know and of course, uh, being at that stage, you know, uh, she's so weak and it just got me thinking about, you know, uh, boy, how, how dependent we are upon God and how weak we really are. Uh, In ourselves, you know, not just uh, when we're uh, maybe uh, close to death's door, but uh, even we we may think we're as healthy as we've ever been. Uh, But uh, yet, the reality is, in ourselves, we're weak. and uh, And so, Paul in this uh, these verses, he talks about weakness. He talks about weakness. And you know, it it takes a lot to be willing to be weak. Doesn't mean you sought out weakness, <laughs> right? Uh, but yet, when weakness happens in your life, it takes a lot to be willing uh, to be weak. And here's the thing: when you have those moments in life when things are going on and you are uh, a weak, as Paul mentions here, you can either be woefully weak, if you want to put it that way, or you can be wonderfully weak. You want to put it that way, like Paul is. And here, Paul. Sets so an example of what I might call, uh, say, being wonderfully weak, you know? Not that he would have maybe chose that for himself, but the reality was he was in that situation, and you know what? He chose to be wonderfully weak in his situation instead of woefully weak in his situation. Now, it's kind of interesting, before he gets into that, Paul tells, uh, gives a little testimony here, you know, and, uh, in verses uh, 1 through 4 again. Uh, Again, he says, it is not expedient for me to doubtless to glory, I will come to visions. And I notice that he mentions visions and revelations of the Lord. he talks about a man I knew in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, such a one caught up to the third heaven. Of course, amen, he was there uh, where God exists in the very heaven, and I knew such a man. Again, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth how he was caught up into paradise, there it is, and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. And so, you know, Paul, as you read through his life, he had some, he had some amazing personal experiences uh, with God, some amazing experience, personal experiences with God. And, you know, uh, even he talks about this one, but he wasn't quick to talk about it. Notice how he starts off, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, uh, to, to glory. And maybe if you've ever had uh, been a part of something amazing that God has done uh, that is very special or overwhelming, uh, maybe you're not quick to talk about it, but it's a special moment in your life where you had a great experience uh, with God. You know, I look at some things uh, in my life. You know, uh, when God called me to Bulgaria, uh, and I, this has nothing to do with me, but just the way God chose to do it. That 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 was just a, an amazing and an overwhelming experience. The way that God uh, chose to call me into Bulgaria that night, and you know, I, I would I would hardly I would hardly talk about it for a long time. Not saying not, I would say God called me to Bulgaria. But I wouldn't really talk a lot about how it happened that night because that church had been praying uh, for so long for God to call that uh, that God was going to bring them a missionary to Bulgaria, and they've been praying for it, and it was just uh, amazing how God did that. Uh, and it was really more about that church and the prayers and the faith of that that particular that particular pastor, and uh, uh, what they did there. But a lot of time, but I I, I didn't talk about it a lot. I didn't talk about it lightly. And then when I went into some, uh, Eastern Europe, some things that I saw uh, God do, amazing things, amazing experiences. A lot of times I didn't tell uh, people about all that uh, because I didn't want to make, it was just like overwhelming just to see God move in such a powerful way. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I never wanted to make it lightly like, like it was a braggadocious thing because it had nothing to do with me or the other missionary I was with. It all had to do with God just chose Uh, to do something, uh, do something there. But Paul had some amazing experiences, and God wants to have some amazing experience with us. And he talks about that in verse 7, how he said, lest I should be exalted above measure, again, through the abundance of the revelation. He says, man, you know, uh, if anybody had a right to brag, it would have been Paul. You know, Paul talks about in Galatians 1, verses 11 and 12, he says this when he's talking about the gospel, "...but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man." And he makes this statement in verse 12, "...for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation..." of Jesus Christ. You know, he talks about going into Arabia and some, and then, and then being in uh, some other places, and uh, uh, people think that maybe, you know, uh, the Lord came to him and, and personally showed him some things, and uh, maybe opened up the Word of God to him, sort of like he did those on the road to Emmaus, you know. He opened up the Word of God and showed him all those things concerning himself. Maybe he did that for Paul. Uh, who knows? Uh, it doesn't say clearly in the Word of God, so we don't want to push that too much, but somewhere along the line God revealed some things amazingly to him. And he says that God gave it to him by revelation. What a wonderful thing it is, when you're with God and God just chose to do something special and reveal something uh, special to you. And I believe God still does stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, uh, just because, you know, we say, well, God doesn't, you know, people don't speak in tongues anymore and God doesn't do this anymore. Well, we know there's some things that uh, uh, God did for a limited time and they were more about Israel because, you know, the Jews require a sign and he, there were sign gifts for the Jews and all those things. But a lot of times as independent matters, we completely God uh, uh, got off from doing anything. Most supernatural the only thing god does supernaturally more is save people outside of that man you know you, you just uh, you know your relationship with god's kind of boring just read your bible and pray and go to, you know no hey god still does some amazing miraculous things uh, in people, I, I believe that, and, and, I, and I and I and I and I've seen it. And again, that don't have nothing to do with me. Like Paul, I don't have nothing to brag about. I just happened to be there when he did it. You know, it was more about God uh, than anybody was there. He just chose to do that in the place where I happened to be that day. He didn't do it because I was there. Or, again, anybody else was there. He just did it because he was there and wanted to show up and show out. Uh, but I believe he still does amazing and miraculous. Uh, 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 things and so Paul got to see a lot of that and so you but you could see by all of God's blessing how he how he could have had reason to become very prideful but Paul shows us amen, that God brought some things into his life to make sure uh, that he didn't get too prideful because anybody listen we're all made of the same stuff. We're all apt to get prideful. We're all apt to get uh, uh, boastful and things like that. And God's got to find ways, amen, to keep us under control uh, in ourselves. Boy, the biggest thing that Jeff Stewart needs to be protected from is Jeff Stewart. You know, almost every day, uh, among other things I pray, I say, Lord, I do. I say, Lord, protect me from my own heart. (laughs) Protect me from my own heart. You, You think, man, I'm getting ready to step out in this world The more, Lord, protect me from the world. Uh, Yeah, you need to be protected from the world, but, boy, you need to be protected from uh, 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 your own heart. You know, the heart is deceitfully. Their heart always seeketh these things. And, boy, we got to be careful. So, Paul shows us what it takes and the results of being wonderfully weak, if you will. Wonderfully weak. Well, one, we see it takes humility. For though I would desire to glory, I I shall not be a fool. He, He says, hey, man, a man is foolish to glory and think that he's anything just because God uses him. You know, it has nothing to do with us. He said, "For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of, of me." He said, "Listen, uh, listen. I have nothing to glory in myself. And so, listen. Uh, he 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 was he was humble about it. But of course, that famous verse, verse nine. He says this." And he said unto me, of course, God gave that, uh, uh, that thorn in the flesh, which we talk about, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, that where perfect means made complete. Isn't that amazing anything? Amen. Uh, God's strength is completed, if you will, in your weakness. God's strength is completed. It finds a place, amen, in your weakness. He says, my strength is sufficient, my grace. And so Paul says, I will what? Glory in my infirmities. Notice these statements he uses. He said, and to me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So look at what Paul says. Most gladly, therefore, well, I glory in my infirmities. Think about that statement. Think about some of the things that you've gone through. Think about some of the infirmities that you've gone through uh, as a believer, whether it was uh, physical or something that happened in your life. And yet Paul says, I gladly glory in my infirmities. And look what he says in verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in mine infirmities. Think about that. I gladly glory in my infirmities. I gladly take pleasure pleasure in mine infirmities. Now, I'll be honest. When is the last time you took pleasure and you gloried in your infirmities or something negative that happened in your life? <laughs> I mean, that you really, I mean, with sincerity, not just, you know, trying to t- trying to be uh, uh, spiritual when somebody was talking to you. But I mean, even if nobody was there, you alone with God... And you were raising your hand, and, and 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 glorying in God and giving Him praise even in the midst of your infirmity in your in situ, in your situation. You know, in Paul in uh, 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 Acts twenty six, Paul gives us testimony. He says this Acts twenty six fifteen. And uh, Paul gives us testimony. He says. This is where he got saved, uh, talking about when he got saved on the road to Damascus. And, of course, he meets the Lord, and he, in verse 15 of Acts 26, he says, given his testimony, he says, He said, I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet. Look at this, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. And then God tells him how he is going to use him. From the moment he gets saved, he tells him how he's going to use him. To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things that thou hast seen and of those things in which, look at this, I will appear unto thee. So right there, you know, Paul mentioned that he's got some things from Christ by revelation, and Paul had told him, Jesus had told him, hey, I'm gonna appear unto you and show you some things. So right there, that sort of backs up. Paul, using Jesus' words, it backs up what Paul said, that he got some special revelation from the Lord about some things. And said, deliver thee from the people, and from the Gentiles, he delivering thee, he said, listen, not only I'm going to reveal some things to you, but he already lets him know you're going to go through some things. Hey, I'm going to reveal some things to you, and you're going to go through some things. From the Gentiles, and whom now I send thee. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. What an exciting thing. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So God uh, saved Paul, and right then he called him into the ministry. And what an exciting thing uh, that is to be saved. And then, boy, that moment uh, uh, to know God's will for your life. So listen, Paul had a great calling. But if you look at Paul's life, you see what happened. Not only did he have a great calling into the ministry, but for whatever reason, he also had a great calling into misery, it seems, because he went through a lot of things. And unfortunately, misery was part of his ministry. But you know what I found? The two aren't usually apart, right? Uh, 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 God's ministry, and maybe misery is not the right word, but trials and tribulations, you know, as I've stated before, rarely does God use a man or a person greatly without that man being somewhere in life, greatly afflicted or greatly broken or having some uh, a great thing that he's had to deal with, like Paul, to humble him and, 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 and show him his mighty grace in his life. And Paul was a man, hey, listen, no doubt Paul was a man greatly endeared by Christ, but Paul was also a man that was willing to greatly endure for Christ. And a lot of times that's what will endear you to Christ, amen? The fact that you're willing to endure for him. And he rested in the sufficient grace of God. God said, my grace is sufficient. And that word sufficient means this, able to assist able to assist, to make one satisfied, to make one content. What an interesting definition of that word. My grace is sufficient. My grace, amen, is able to assist you in the situation you're facing. My grace, no matter what you're facing, my grace is able to make you satisfied if you'll trust me, if you'll rest in me, despite whatever's going on in your life, if you'll turn that thing over to me, amen, and, and, and uh, I'm trusting you with it, because that, isn't that what uh, God did in Job's life? He, those, God allowed those things to go to happen in Job's life because God trusted Job with those things. And so you think about trusting God in those things. Well, maybe if you realize that God allows some things in your life because he trusts you with those things like he did Job, then amen, that'll help you to trust him uh, with those things. Why did God, why did you allow this in my life? What if all of a sudden he spoke up and said, because I trust you with these things. You see, God trusted Paul uh, with these things he allowed uh, in his life. And so he said, my grace is sufficient because my grace is there, amen? My grace is there to assist you. And if you'll lean on that grace, not only will it assist you, it'll help you to be satisfied in your situation. It'll help you to be content in your situation. How else could you glory in a situation how else could you gladly glory in a situation? How else could you take pleasure in a situation unless God's grace was assisting you and helped you to be somehow satisfied and content in that situation? I mean, that goes right along with Philippians four verses ten through thirteen. That's that's what he said. Paul, Philippians four ten again says this: "But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again." wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, look at this, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. How did he learn that? Well, we know uh, over there in Titus, is it the grace of God? What? Is that where it says the grace of God teaches us? See, the grace of God t- teaches us that denying uh, ungodliness and worldly lust, we can live, what, soberly and righteously in this present world. Well, if the grace of God can teach us that in salvation, well, here we see the grace of God can also teach us, amen, uh, to be satisfied in content even in our infirmities, even in our weakness, even in the situations we face in life. And Paul said that I have learned. It's a learning process. It's a growing process in our Christian life. He said, that's how I know how I I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Look, I can do all things through Christ which strength. me. You know, a lot of times that verse is taken out of context. There is a context to that verse, amen. Uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, but that's only once you've learned, amen, to trust him and uh, he's learned to trust you Right? And taught you how to be content in these things. Right? And then because he's taught you and properly trained you, now you've learned how you can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. So he says in Philippians 4, I, he can do all things through Christ. But now he shows us uh, the other part of that, and I think it goes with Philippians 4, not only can he do all things through Christ, but that also shows he can endure all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I can endure all things through Christ. You see, God's grace is there, amen, to support us, to help us. God's grace will help us through every trial. God's grace will carry us through every day. God's grace will give us what we need to follow through with every duty." Paul said, hey, despite uh, uh, this uh, thorn this of my flesh, despite all these infirmities, you know what? I can continue to do the ministry that God has called me to do. His grace is sufficient to help me through every trial. His grace is helping me through every, carrying me through every day. And his grace has given me what I need, amen, to f- continue to follow through with every duty amen and it's a learning process you see we we want to learn we want we want to be like paul on the good side we just don't want to have to go what paul had to go through to get there right we want to learn but we don't want to go to class we want to learn but we don't want to take the test but that's that right and that right we want to learn right in other words we want to get the diploma without having to go to school <laughs> it don't work that way right uh, even in the spiritual life right uh, uh, unless you, uh, you know, get one of them guys online, then he'll give you a diploma for five bucks in a cassette, right? As they say, we must learn some things we need to learn. We need to learn that spiritual blessings are more important than physical ones. Listen, listen to this one I th- that I'm about to make. We need to learn, as Paul, Paul said what? I sought the Lord thrice. Now, we we would think if any any man of God during that time should be able to get a prayer through, it would be Paul because we saw other people get healed through his ministry. We saw other amazing things uh, get done through prayer uh, in his ministry. But Paul, for whatever reason, God chose not to answer this prayer or at least not answer it in the way that Paul wanted it answered. So, uh, let let me say this to you. Here's, Here's something we need to learn Unanswered prayer does not always mean the need is not met. Think about that for a second. Just because he didn't answer your prayer doesn't mean he didn't meet the need. He just didn't meet the need maybe the way you expected it. You see, the need was met not by healing. The need was not... He, God was, he was asking God for healing. So the need was not met by more healing, which is what Paul wanted, but the need was met by more grace, which is what God wanted in his life. So, you know, he, he, to him, the prayer being answered was more healing. But for God, the prayer being answered or the need being met was more grace. God can do more with great weakness than we can do through great personal strength. Because what, 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 what God to God, changing us, benefits us more than changing our circumstances. <laughs> we want God to change our circumstances, but what God wants to do is change us. You see, that's why Paul said, I learned. <laughs> you see, God had to change him, right? God had to teach him. God, he, he had to learn. God changing us benefits us more than God changing our circumstances. Paul said, I'll endure. I like, he said, this thorn in the flesh. So, Paul learned this. Paul said, I'll endure the thorn, I'll, I wrote this down. Paul said, I'll endure the thorn, the thorn if it brings me closer to the rose. Amen? <laughs> he said, i the rose of Sharon. I'll endure the thorn if it brings me closer to the rose. God's strength, that speaks of God's unlimited power. We must sometimes be willing to be limited in a natural way. We must sometimes be willing to be limited in some other way or natural way to open the way for God's unlimited resources to work through us. And that's what Paul said. Paul said, hey, I'm willing to be limited this way if that'll give me access to the unlimited strength and blessings of God. God's strength is sufficient. So all through the Bible, God uses insignificant things to do amazing, significant things, weak things, Things that you wouldn't think about, just like Paul in his weakness, but yet he was mighty through God. You know, think of Gideon's what? That weak thing, that broken pitcher. But yet God, that broken pitcher, was more powerful than a full army. David's little sling was more powerful than a great sword and a great army. Moses' little simple rod there. What is that in thy hand? Oh, nothing but a simple rod. Just a, a weak little piece of wood. But yet, it was, God used it over a powerful country. So we should pray, God, make me conscious of my insignificance so that your significance in person and performance might shine through. And that's what Paul says. Said. Said, Listen, I'm insignificant. I'm willing to be weak. I'm willing to endure whatever he wants me to be endure so that his glory and His power and His majesty might shine through. You know, a lot of times people get into, into situations of infirmities and, and, and things happen in their life. And you know what happens? Many people become embittered by what happens in their life. Many people become embittered by what happens in their life. And then they let that thing become an excuse uh, in their life for giving up on God, or or they get a victim mentality. Well, I've even seen uh, Christians get a victim mentality. Boy, stay away from a victim uh, uh, mentality. Well, that's what's wrong in society today. Too many people got a victim mentality. They need to get. I would say this: they need to get over it and get on with it. That's what they need to do. Amen. Get over it and get on with it. You know, I've known people. I've known people that that had the same limitations. They had the same disease come into their life, or they had the same limiting uh, infirmity come into their life. And boy, uh, act two different ways. I think. I think of uh, some people right now that had the same limitations come their life. One became discouraged and uh, and quit on God, and the other kept going for God and was mightily used amen to be a great blessing to other because he trusted God through that infirmity Paul said most gladly most gladly you say he you see he was will, he was able to be a prevailing saint because he was willing to be a praising saint <laughs> he was willing to be a prevailing saint because he was willing to be a praising saint. And I say, listen, uh, uh, I say, when you can't pray through, praise through. Hey, listen, you know, sometimes lives get so hard, you can't pray. I've heard preachers say, man, I, I had a friend of mine one time, I mean, something something, something happened in his life that really hurt him bad. He said, he told. He said, I just couldn't pray the other day. I just couldn't pray. Hey, you know, you ever felt that way sometime? You just like, you know, you don't know what to say, but you know what? You can always you may not always find a way to, to, to pray, but listen. You could always, even if you just stand there with your hands lifted. When you can't pray through, praise through. Amen. When you can't pray through, praise through. Amen. Because listen, He doesn't change, and so He, He just because of who He is, there's always reason to praise. And boy, if you'll just start out praising, you'll be you'll be amazed. Amen. Uh, God God will do through that. You know, Paul had a lot of grief. You know, Paul had a Paul had a lot of grief, a lot of things going on in his life. But here is what Paul realized: with more grief came more grace, and with more grace came more God. <laughs> you know, we get caught up in all in all the grief. Hey, listen, hey, listen. Realize, hey, if you'll take that more, turn it over to God, that more grief can bring more grace, and that more grace, amen, can bring more. God, you see, often you know we want we we, we want the easy life, we want the, the the simple life, but God knows what He's doing in our life, and so really, a lot of the times in the Christian life, God does a balancing act between blessings and burdens. We want it all to be blessing. Somehow, God just keeps that balancing act in our life, right? Between blessings and 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 burdens, you know, and, and, and sometimes it seems like the, the the burdens are getting the overhand. Amen. And you know, you know how they always joked about the baker uh, uh, sticking his thumb on the scale? Amen. Well, just about the time it seems like them burdens are overriding the blessings, amen. God will stick that thumb of grace on there, amen, and and uh, bring it, bring it, bring it back down. So it's definitely a learning process. It's definitely a learning process. Boy, things when when you were young and a new Christian, boy, things that seem so big. Now you laugh at them now. <laughs> like, what? You know, hey, uh, I, I remember, I, I, maybe, maybe I've told the story again, but it, it, I think it's an example. You know, when I first got to Bulgaria, and I told you about when I bought my first, my first car, brand new 92 Russian Lada, man, that thing was nice. It was either 92 brand new, a brand new 92 Lada or a 65 Fiat in mint condition, same car. They were still making, <laughs> uh, 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 Russia was making 65 cars as 90 cars back then. And so it was brand new. And I was on my way home to show it to my wife, and I parked somewhere to do something, and a guy backed into the front of it, and I mean, he just barely made a scratch on it. Barely made a scratch on it. And boy, I was ready to knock his head off, man. I got out of the car, and my, my, my translator, Mitko, goes with me. And I said, Mitko, we are going to talk to this guy. And he said, oh, Jeff, that's not a big deal. I said, Mitko, this is my car, not yours. He, Look at that. Look at that scratch. It's that big. Mitko. It's about how big it was, too. I said, Mitko, look at that scratch. I haven't even shown the car to my wife yet. Man, I was so upset. Jeff, it's okay. No problem. I said, and I'm thinking, oh, that's right. I'm a Christian. All right, Mitko. I'll get back in the car. I'll never forget that, right? Okay, let's fast forward a couple years later. I'm in the same car. I'm backing up A garbage truck is backing up, smashes in my truck, man. I mean, just smashes in the side of my car, right? I get out. He gets out. I look at it. I said, sir, you have a nice day. True story. Got my car. It wasn't a big deal, man. What happened? I'd learned a few things, right? God, God had worked on me a little bit. God had worked on me a little bit. You know, two years earlier a guy does this and I'm ready to take his head off. And a couple of days later, the guy smashes the side of my car. I just look and say, Have a nice day, sir. I'll get it fixed. <laughs> I knew not to call the police because they would have had me buying him a new truck because I, you know, Bulgaria. So I knew I knew that. I knew I wasn't gonna call the police. He would have, I would have been buying him a new garbage truck, but you anyway, But hey, it's all part of learning, you know. Uh, man, we're young and young Christians, and boy, something happens in our life, and man, we're ready to fall apart. Boy, boy, we walk with God, we see how good God is, and we trust God, and boy, all these things that man, we would have fallen apart a few years. God, we just say, man, it is well with my soul, amen. It is well with my soul. No matter what's going on, we can say it is well. With my soul. I'll finish with this verse, Hebrews 4 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be what? You know the verse, touched. With what? The feeling. The feeling of our infirmities. You see, he, 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 he doesn't just know about our infirmities, he's touched by our infirmities and what? The feeling of our infirmities. But as in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. You see, he not only feels for us in our circumstances. He doesn't just, you know, like we see somebody, we, what do we say? We say, man, I feel for you. Right? And then we say, man, I really feel for that person. But see, God, God can go beyond that because he's here. So God not only feels for us, he feels with us. That's a good God. God only feels for us when we're going through something. He's God. He can feel with us, and he knows. That's why he can understand like nobody else can understand. That's why he can know like nobody else knows. Jesus Christ is wonderful. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. Jesus is wonderful, and that's why, and his grace and care can make anything wonderful, (laughs) even our infirmities even our in weaknesses. That's why even when we're life, whether it's physical or whatever going on and we feel so weak, but boy, if we'll lean on him and trust in him instead of being woefully weak, we can be somehow wonderfully weak in him.